we're just glad we're here. Uh, thanks for coming out. If you're a guest today, again, we're just welcome and uh, welcoming you. I know Pastor Jeff already did, and then you'll get to hear these guys next week. So if you don't like what you heard today, just come back next week, all right? It's going to be all right. So uh, my, my, I want to preach a message today. I just feel like it's really big in my heart. I think it's something that's appropriate for any time, but I feel like that God was dealing with me about it before I came. And it's really the title is called Discern Your Season. Uh, because I, I know that every one of us uh, are in a certain season in our lives. No matter who we are, uh, no matter where we've been, where we're going, we're in a season. And I, I want to just open up with this story. You know, uh, speaking of seasons, I remember years ago uh, when I was single, and uh, I was single up until I was 32. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how old I am now. I don't look bad for 41. So um, not actually 51, 51 this past birthday. Uh, but... Um, Back when I was 20, and I was a youth pastor for a church there in Florida in a town called Apopka, and I was crying out for a wife, you know. I was just, I was on fire for God. I'd just recently been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 19, and so one year later, I was already doing ministry. Uh, I was preaching, you know, a couple times a week. We had, My pastor let me do a a Sunday night youth meeting and a Wednesday night youth meeting. I don't know if he was just trying to get me out of service or what. Just go over and do your stuff, you know. But uh, I got to preach twice a week. I was so on fire for God. And, but I realized after I got into it a little bit, you know, hey, I, I think I need a wife. These teenagers aren't too old, you know, too much removed from me. And I'm just 20, and I need somebody to come beside of me and help me. And I was crying out for a wife. And I remember, uh, uh, you know, I, play, I got this little book by... Dr. Frederick Price about how to believe God for a mate, and I read that mini book, and I was like, man, I'm going to believe God. I went through all the steps that he told me to do, and I got my Bible verses out, and I prayed my prayer, and I believed I received my wife, and I claimed her, and I began to call her into my life. <laughs> I remember this couple came into the church, and, and they operated as a team with um, the ministry gifts of, or actually I say the spiritual gifts of, of tongue and interpretation of tongues, and so she usually would have the tongue, uh, the message in tongues, and he'd have the interpretation. So they called me up. During that time, I was getting called up for everything. Everybody just called me up. I, I guess I was just a mess. I just needed a word all the time. I mean, they called up things, you know, and I would just come up for anything, you know. If you got, like, a spleen problem, I'd just come up. You got a spleen problem? No, I just want prayer, you know. I, I was just, you know, I was coming up all the time. Because I was raised in a church where you never got prayed for, you know, and definitely laying on of hands, you know. So I was like, this is all new to me. And I was just taking everything I could get. So they called me up. Of course, I thought it would be normal. I, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, sure, I'm going to get a word, you know. And uh, <laughs> they pulled me up there, and she starts having this tongue over me, you know, this uh, message in tongues. And the whole, all the while, he's got a mic on. You know, she's holding a handheld, and he's got the lapel on. And you could hear him in the background going, oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, I don't know if I want to say that, Lord. I'm, I'm over getting a word going. You know, could you turn off his mic? You know, I mean, it's kind of distracting. But then he's, like, saying all this stuff, like, well, what's he going to say to me, you know? And finally got to this word, and the whole word was like it read my mail. It, like, it like went into my private prayer room when I was crying out for my wife, and God exposed it in front of all those people there that night. And he goes, and you've been crying out for a wife. You've been saying, Lord, I place a demand upon you. He was, like, saying my exact words, and I was like, oh, <laughs> like, could you stop? <laughs> can we go to the private prayer room 
Uh, but, you know, that was going on. And, but, you know, they, God just spoke to me. I mean, it was so real. It was so amazing of just what was being spoken back and the wording and the verbiage. And I was like, that was so freaky. I never had anything like that in my life. But I knew God was speaking to me. And he, 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 it was like three different times he said, be patient in that, in that prophecy. I listened to it over and over again. Well, I was 20 when I got that word. I get, didn't get married until I was 32, so 12 years of ministry going to Bible school and ministry and different things. And I remember having to pull out that word so many times and listen to it. And, and it was because there was a season for me to get married. Uh, you know, there was this time that God had for me. And, of course, if I would have married Pastor Brandy at that time, she's nine years younger than me, I'd be put in jail. You know, I mean, she was 11. <laughs> so, you know, there's a timing for everything. There's a season. I want you to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, to everything there is a season and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven everything there's seasons for everything and so many times when we look at our lives and we we have things that we have desires for you know God says delight yourself and Lord he'll give you the desires of your heart anybody ever read that before ever quoted that to God and said Lord you know and and you know there's things that God puts us puts within us and even even prophetic words that we could get maybe just like I got through a tongue and interpretation or through someone prophesying over you maybe something God spoke to you in your own heart in your own time with God things that you're holding but the Bible says in, in everything there's a season and there's a time for every matter or purpose under heaven there's that appointed time for it to be fulfilled there's a season for it and and and, and I think that if we'll uh, have that mindset we won't live with so much frustration because I think so many times people are frustrated because they're trying to get something that's reserved for another season to happen in the season that they're in right now. And you got to remember, we're in this for the long haul. We're not, we're not in some sprint. We're in a marathon. We're going to be here for a while. We're going we're to be here for a long time. My, I, my dad's 95. He's still going strong. My mom's 89. I got longevity in my blood. And I tell my church this all the time. I said, you stick with me. We might not get there next week, but we're going to get there. And uh, it might not, we might not get us there as fast as someone else does, but I'm telling you, we're going to get there where God's called us to go. We're in this for the long haul. We're in this for the marathon. And so our lives are made up of seasons. I want you to look at 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. This is a great scripture. I preach from this many times. But I, I love this group of guys uh, and ladies, but uh, the, it was this tribe of Issachar. And... Um, in First Chronicles, there's a lot of listing of different things and different tribes and different peoples, and you can kind of get bogged down and stuff. But right in the midst of this, God says this stuff about these people, the tribe of Issachar, and what they were known for, what they were marked for. And it says, And of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. I bet you people just love that tribe. I mean, when they say, hey, come on, guys, come around. I'm getting a little frustrated about my life. Give me some understanding. Uh, because they were people that had, we would call that spiritual discernment. They were able to discern things. They were able to pick up and discern things spiritually. And I believe that God wants every one of us to be that way. That's why we're not in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant. They had to go run and look for a prophet 
to be able to say, hey, what's God saying? What, what's going on? You know, even the king who was anointed of God would send for the prophet and, and, and talk to the prophet about God's plan, God's purpose, God's timing. But in the new covenant, thank God, we're not all in the office of the prophet. However, we are all able to operate prophetically, which is really powerful that God makes us supernatural people that our spirits are supernatural, that we're born of the supernatural, and that we have discerners on the inside. We have knowers. Put your hand on your belly and say, I've got a knower right here. This is where you know things from God. See, so many times we get up in our heads trying to figure this whole thing out. Man, I've been there. I try to weigh this out, weigh this out, weigh this out, weigh this out. And I'm telling you, you get so confused. You can get, I mean, you can... By the time you're done, you're no more in understanding than anything. And you're like, I'm more confused than what I did when I went into this. But if you'll learn to listen to your spirit, to your inner man, I'm telling you, God wants you to be like the people of Issachar. They had discernment, and they could know what the, 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 the purpose was, is so they could know what to do. God wants to give you understanding of your time right now, your season, so that you can know what you're supposed to do in this season. If, you don't, if you're not able to discern your season you're not going to be able to discern what you're supposed to be doing in this season. So many times I think people get out of, um, out of timing, they get out of seasons, and they start doing things in certain seasons or try to do things in certain seasons or maybe try to embark on marriage in a season or try to start a business in a season or maybe even you know, uh, have a family. In a, I think there's a, there's a season for all of that. And, uh, and I think sometimes if we don't discern it, we can actually be doing even good things, maybe even God things, but in the wrong season. Have you noticed that when you even try to do a God thing that God has planned for you in the wrong season, it still doesn't work? And you're like, God, you said this. How come this isn't happening? Well, it could be that you got it out of season. So... If you don't understand and discern properly again your current season, you could even do the right things in the wrong season. Look at Ecclesiastes 3.11. It says, He's made everything beautiful in its time. He's also planted eternity in men's hearts and minds, a divinely implanted sense of purpose, working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. I love that verse. I've preached on it many times. I love it. But notice that first part, he makes everything beautiful in its time. You know, things take time, and it doesn't all happen overnight. Your spiritual development is not going to happen overnight. Now, God will speed up things, and God will do things for us, and we'll hit certain seasons when things come quicker than other seasons. But, you know, it still takes time. It takes time to to, you know, uh, to, to grow a garden. It takes time, time to, you know, to plant an oak tree and see it develop. It takes time. And, and, but, but, but with God, whatever his plan is, whatever his purpose is, whatever he has for you, it'll become beautiful in its time. I mean, think about that. There is a season when things bloom. There's a season when things are beautiful. Y'all know that very well here in, in uh, Minnesota. You Minnesotians, you know, you, you guys understand when it gets winter, it gets winter. And things look dead and it looks bad. But when spring comes and, man, things begin to come out, there's a time when it gets beautiful and the blossoms and different things. You think about people in high school. And, and all of, how many people have already graduated? How many people graduated from high school a long time ago? Can you think about people that whenever you were maybe in elementary school or in junior high, middle school, high school, and you looked at them, you thought, you know, they weren't too good looking. 
Maybe you just thought, maybe you thought they were kind of ugly. I don't know. Maybe that was you. But then years later, you run into them at Menards. Or, you know, <laughs> say big money at Menards. I still remember that when I lived up in Iowa. I got it all. I got the wording wrong the other day, but we got it straightened up. I got it now. But you run into them somewhere, and you're like, is that the same person? It's like all of a sudden this person who, you know, just looked kind of weird in middle school. All of a sudden is like this really good-looking guy or this beautiful lady and think, oh, my goodness. Well, they became beautiful in their time. The key is don't bloom too soon, right? <laughs> I'd, be I'd be rather ugly when I'm young and get beautiful as I get old. Amen? <laughs> You know, God, that's how God, God does that with us, though. There's, he has a timing for things when, you know, sometimes we may look at our lives or we may look at our ministry or we may look at our church or we may look at what maybe we're called to do, and it doesn't, it doesn't look beautiful yet. It doesn't look like we want it to yet. You know, kids, when they go through puberty, there's lots of times they begin to develop acne, and, you know, here's this kid, and then they're just working through. So I've got kids right now that are working through, you know, you know, thank God for proactive, you know, just trying to help them out. And here, put this on and quit squeezing that thing. You're going to have a crater in your face, you know. You, you go through that. And, and you know, and, but there's times like in our, in our lives, in our seasons, maybe an area of our life looks like that. It's like we've developed acne in that area, you know. My, my finances don't look too good right now. Or, man, I'm, I'm struggling with some things here. Or something's happening here. What about the promise of God? And, you know, what's going on? And I'm not saying that God's trying to obviously mess up your life, but there's times when there's seasons on things and God's working something in us in those seasons because he's wanting to make it beautiful in its time because beauty takes time. Come on, ladies. Say amen. Help me out now. But you see here in this verse also it says that he has planted eternity in the hearts and the minds, a divinely implanted sense of purpose. There's a, there's a God purpose on the inside of every one of us. And if we could ever get people just to tap into their spirits, if we could ever get believers to begin to live from their inner man, to begin to live from the inside, instead of living you know, their Christian life carnally in their flesh or just up in their head all the time, but if you could get someone to live in their spirit, they would begin to start sensing the God purpose for their life. Every one of you have a God purpose. Every one of you have been put here by God on purpose to fulfill a divine purpose that's far greater than yourself. And that's just so amazing. And God links you here to this church. This church has been brought here on purpose, and God has brought you here on purpose to fulfill something, a purpose from heaven that's far greater than what you could ever do alone. It's so exciting to tap into his purpose. You know, right now we're talking to our kids about, you know, what, uh, what do they feel like, like you want to do in life? You know, we're just trying to get them thinking along this line. And, you know, they could come up with stuff that they might not ever do, but we want them to start to think along this line and start, and then teaching them how to listen down on the inside and, and how to, how to, you know, there was one point, of course, I, I was the same way when I was a kid growing up. My, my son Luke, when he started playing basketball, he thought he was going to play for Golden State, you know. Golden State basketball, and I was like, well, that's great and everything. Of course, Mama, the realist, says you'll never play for Golden State. Get you another dream. <laughs> she shot it down. He was like all deflated. What? I go, don't listen to Mother. <laughs> dream big, son. 
become multimillionaire, mega rich, and support me all the rest of your days. But you know, obviously, as he began to develop, he realized that in order to make the NBA only a fraction of those that, 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 that even are in college that are incredible players go to the NBA. But you know, you, you work through that with your kids because you know you want them to get that sense of purpose. Why am I here? What has God called me to do? And of course, what we do in life is a, has a lot to do with that, you know. You may start off somewhere uh, that's not really your purpose, but God will use that area to help develop your purpose, right? Amen. So you have to discern that in your current season. What is the purpose then of this season? Because I think there's so many times we don't discern, okay, uh, there's other things I have in, in, in my heart. Is it the season now or not? I don't know, but what's God wanting to do right now? What, what is this season that I'm in? What, what, what is God doing now? Because I think we miss that. Sometimes we're looking to the next season. We're looking to the next big event. We're looking to the prophetic word. And, of course, we should be standing on the promises. I'm, I mean, I'm big on that. You know, believe and say it and be expecting. But at the same time, I'm in this season right now. So what should be going on in this season? Because if you don't discern this season properly, then you're going to miss what God is wanting to do in this season. And what God is doing in this season is actually what you need for the next season if you can't get those things done here and you can't pass the test here how can you go to the next place God has for you you can't because God has something bigger for you he has something better for you I mean God is always a God of progression he's a God of increase he takes us from faith to faith from grace to grace and from glory to glory he's got something better look at Psalm 1 verse number 3 it says and he shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by streams of water. Talking about the guy, the lady that's in the word, that's meditating on the word, that loves the word. And they'll be ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything that it does shall prosper and come to maturity. I love this verse. But when you look at it, it really talks about seasons in this verse. Because like a tree that's planted, I see... There's two seasons that I see here. I see preparation season, and then I see fruit-bearing season. But every season, in one sense, is preparing us for the next season. Yet there is actually, I believe, preparation seasons, and there's also seasons when you begin to see things begin to pop. Things begin to break loose. Things begin to bloom and blossom and begin to flourish. Are, are you with me? But I love this, and it says that he's ready to bring forth fruit. He, he's, not, he's not bearing fruit right now. He's kind of not in this season of bearing fruit, yet he's ready to bring forth fruit. See, you got to get ready for what you're about to do. you got to get ready for what's coming down the road. Don't despise the days of small beginnings. Don't despise even the little things that's happening. If God gives you something in this season, maximize it. If God says, I'm going to do this in you, then let him do that in you. If God gives you this assignment, then do that assignment. Don't despise it because it doesn't look like somebody else's. Don't despise, because you don't even know, really, this, you got to discern your season and their season. You might be seeing things happening with somebody and go, I don't understand. Why is that happening with them? And you got to go, no, no, wait a minute. I, I, I can't get comparing myself with them. I've got to think about what God's doing with me, and I've got to discern it right now and understand what is it that he wants me to be doing in this season. What is it? And God will tell you that. God might say, listen, I want you to spend extra time 
with me right now, above your normal time. He may say, I want you to do something in the area of reading some books or something along this line. Or maybe it's something in your finances that God said, I want you to rearrange some things you've been doing in your budget or maybe get on a budget. I don't know. You know, it could be that. Like, oh, I never even thought about that. Well, you might want to get on a budget so you can actually start learning how to, you know, tell, tell your money what to do instead of your money always telling you what to do. You know, you it could be various things. Maybe, maybe you're wanting to be married, and God said, okay, I want you to work on this. Come on, are you with me? So many times people want, you know, they want their knight in shining armor. They want the, the beauty queen. But what are you doing right now to prepare yourself for that person? I need an organ up here right now. Mm-hmm. Hey, now, come on. Are you preparing? Because she's coming, you know, they're coming. <laughs> you know, you believe in God for you mean believe in God for him, then prepare. Be, be the quality of person that you want to marry. Work on that. You know, work on that. So there's a preparation season. Look at John chapter 15. I want to hit on a little bit on something right now that just really is happening in our lives, and it's John 15, 1. It says, I am the true vine, my Father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, takes away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. You, you are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I've given you, the teachings that I've discussed with you. One thing that I see from this is that God does want us to be productive. He wants us to bear fruit. He wants to increase our lives. He wants us to flourish. He wants to do things in us so that he can do things through us. I mean, he wants us to expand, to grow, to flourish, to bear fruit. I mean, you can see it right there. That's why the whole process is. And Jesus is the master fruit inspector. And he comes into our lives and he says, listen, I'm the vine and and, and you're the branch. And I want to see, are you bearing fruit right now? I want to see if you're bearing fruit. And Jesus does this. And this is really, you know, very straight, um, spoken word that Jesus gives. And if he looks and sees it, a branch that continues to not bear fruit, it gets cut off. Well, I don't want to be falling into that category. But he says those that do bear fruit, he says, I will prune. I will prune. In this church, God's brought you into this house so that you may bear fruit. And when you abide in the vine, Jesus, and stay connected to the headships of your, of, 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 of your pastors, you'll begin to produce. But Jesus will observe that. You're not called here just to be a non-producing branch on, on the tree or on the vine. He has put you here to begin to produce, to begin to bear fruit. And the possibilities of bearing fruit are enormous here. Because there is the life of God that's here. And you got, obviously, Jesus is here, right? And so there's opportunities for that. But God looks at us, and he'll, he'll, he'll say, okay, should, uh, what, what do we need to do? Well, if you're someone that's even bearing fruit, God's going, that's good. You've, you've, you've got some fruit in your life, but I want you to produce more. The beautiful thing is, is that he says here, I see three different things about fruit. Number one, he wants you to bear more fruit. Yes, Jesus is in the numbers. He wants more people into the kingdom of God. He wants more people healed, more people delivered, more people discipled, more people raised up and thrust into their purpose in the earth. He wants more. He wants this church, and he wants you to produce more fruit. 
So the pruning process will be for you to produce more. Then he wants you to produce richer fruit. In other words, more quality of fruit in your life. I mean, we, we're going through this as a church right now. We're, we've been doing some pruning in our church because that's what God does whenever he prunes us. And, and, and so we pulled back on certain things and financially and things that we were doing. And, and it was for the purpose of, of, of becoming stronger, healthier, so that we produce more. It's a season that we've come into, just for a season. But it's a season because I, I knew that we needed to have some pruning so that we could, we could actually do what God wants us to do. But one of the things as a pastor, not do I, I don't just want to produce more fruit because just more fruit is not enough for Jesus. He wants that fruit to be rich fruit. In other words, quality. Now, it does, doesn't mean that God's not working in us and he's helping us and he's changing us and there's some things in us that need to get out. But things that it's, when, when, when God begins to work that in our lives, that he can take it, you know, invite it. That's, that's a rich Christian right there. And I'm not talking about money-wise. I'm talking about the quality. That's a genuine believer. I don't want to be a fake believer. I want to be a genuine believer, right? authentic. That's what God's looking for. And then he says, I want you to produce uh, more excellent fruit. To me, that's, that's talking about longevity because there's so many times that, that we as pastors, we, we want to bear fruit. We want to see more people coming to church getting saved, but we want to have quality people. But then as well, when two years are, are done, three years are done, we want to look and not see all these people are all gone. We want to, we want to see people that if they are gone, it's because God has, has moved them or thrust them out on purpose to launch them to another place or whatever it may be. But I want it to be that we have fruit that we, have, that we are having in our church that's quality but as well that's lasting. Yeah. Because I think, you know, anybody can start. Yeah. But it takes something on the people on the inside of you to finish, something strong, right? And so, you know, God, God will prune us and he prunes us by his word. He prunes us by his word. And the word that you've received even in church or things that God will speak to you, that word will prune you. Did you know that? That prophetic word. We had a bunch of leaders last night, got a bunch of words from heaven. That word is now going to test you. That word, sometimes whenever I'm getting ready to get a word, I go, do I really need a word right now, Lord? I, I don't know if I need this word. I'm really fine right now. Because I know sometimes when certain words come, it's for the purpose of me fighting with that word you know, waging a good warfare with the prophecy that's been spoke to me, but as well, that word then will prune me. It will test me. I said, really? Oh, yeah. Look at Psalm 105, 19. I think last week, uh, Pastor Natasha spoke on Joseph, some of that. Was that true? Now, I didn't know that when I put this together, but look at Psalm 105, 19. It says, until his word to his cruel brothers came true, until the word of the Lord tried and tested him. This is talking about uh, Joseph. Joseph had this word that he was going to reign over his family. I mean, they're all going to come and bow down to him. He had these dreams. He probably should have kept that to himself, being the younger brother and everything, and saying that to his parents. But, you know, Joseph in his immaturity just blasted this stuff out, was always telling all of his dreams, and probably some Pride was mixed in with that, you know, because his brothers hated him so much. It's probably like just sticking them with it, you know, and he had his little coat on, and he's got his dreams, and he's letting them know his prophetic word. Well, that prophetic word tested Joseph. And, you know, he got sold into slavery, and then when he got there, he began to prosper because there were certain things that were in here that were great quality. But then even in the midst of that, then he got put 
into, into prison again and got left there, like almost like forsaken feeling. But it says that that word tested him. The word that God speaks to you in church, the word that you read, the word, maybe prophetic word that you get, it will test you. Psalm 105, 19 says this in the New Living Translation, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Your character will be tested in seasons. So many times we want to see this fulfilled, and we want to see that happen. And, man, God spoke to me about this, and I had this dream, and I had this vision. And believe me, I believe in all of those things. But then God uh, is more interested in your character than he even is all the wonderful things that he wants you to do. Because if you don't have character and God starts moving in great ways in you, you won't be able to last. God wants you to last. That's why he wants longevity out of you. And he'll work on your character. And sometimes, you know, seasons of pruning or seasons of testing, so to speak, always seem a lot longer than what we think they should be. Lord, don't you know what time it is? Don't you know what's inside of me? Don't you know the gift you put in me? And God says, yeah, I'm the one to put it in you. <laughs> and you're not ready yet. So he starts working on us. You know, there's things, and that could be ministry, that could be business, that could be in a lot of things, but God will work in us. And I see that God does test us. I remember I worked for this one ministry, and I, God put me with these people, and, and wonderful people, wonderful people. But God tested me. And I remember I, 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 there were some things that were spoken and kind of, you know, not on record, kind of off record, but that would happen, you know. And, you know, none of those things happened. And I remember going down this road, and I was helping this ministry out and thinking that, that I was going to come into this position. And it seemed like instead of me coming into that position, I was, like, being removed farther away from that position. And it was like, what is, what's going on? And I tell you, a lot of opportunity for offense came. A lot of opportunity came for me to be resentful. A lot of opportunity for me to want to talk to other people about what was happening. And, and, you know, there's this, like I thought, well, there's, uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of things that weren't communicated properly. But, and these people are wonderful people. You know, sometimes wonderful people can, can sit and actually can be the people that are testing you, that God uses to test you. You know, it doesn't always have to be the bad people that test you. It can be the good people that test you in their humanity because things just don't work out right. And I remember going through that. And I remember one time I was like, God, I know I'm called into ministry. And I thought there was going to be things that was going to come out of this. And I thought things were spoken. And I finally got to the places. This is when you duplicated tapes, you know. It's not like, you know, now we have everything, you know, online or, or streamed or whatever. But back then we'd, 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 we had these tapes and we'd get the tape duplicators out. And I was helping them to duplicate their series. And that was supposed to be a small thing that I did. And it began to be the only thing almost that I did. And I was going, if I, and I got in my room, and I remember I was just weeping before God. I had this call of God on my life. I'd already been in ministry. I'd already been preaching. But at this point, God had set me aside and had me to help them. And I remember saying this to God, God, if I never preach another sermon again, and if you want me to serve this ministry and duplicate tapes the rest of my life, then I'm going to become the master tape duplicator <laughs> and do it the best that anybody's ever done. I was weeping on the floor, and I gave my ministry to God. And with in two months, God turned that whole thing around. And I'm not saying that's always how it's going to be with you, but I remember I had to come into a place where God really began to break me, break some pride, break some ways of thinking, and, and teach me how to work through situations with people that I don't understand. Because I'm telling you, in life, 
Come on, if you're breathing in here today, you know there's going to be plenty of opportunities for you to have fallouts with people, hang-ups with people, offenses with people, hurt over people. Come on. Are you with me? And even in this church, with all you wonderful people that's in here right now, all beautiful in here today and all sweet and all nice, let me prophesy to you. There will come opportunities for offense, even from your beautiful pastors. It just is how it is. God will bring us into something, and he'll, he'll test the character of our heart. He'll bring us into something and say, are you going to go ahead and do what I've called you to do? Or are you going to get all upset over this? And sometimes what we think it was the other person's fault, as we get down the road, we realize, man, that was more my fault. As I got older and I began to look back, I could see why they kind of shifted me in some things because I, there were some things I needed to mature in that I didn't see it at that time. God will test us. Let me give you this last season, and that's fruit-bearing season. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint and acting nobly and doing right, for in due time and at the appointed season we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. There is a God-appointed season for you to reap a harvest. There is a God-appointed season. I'm telling you, if you can discern the season you're in right now and do what God wants you to do in this season right now and even let the word, the word that's being spoken on Sundays, whether it comes what we would call prophetic words or just, you know, obviously just the normal way that the word would come, uh, let that word prune you. Let that word cleanse you. That's why you need to be in the word daily and that's why you need to get to church as much as you possibly can so that the word continues to prune and cleanse. Part of the word prune means to purge out. It also means to bring to a place of amends or bring to repentance. God is all, the word repentance is not a bad word. It's a good word. It's something that should be happening. Every time we come to church, every one of us should be going through a process of repentance. In other words, we hear something and God makes a correction. We go, oh yeah, and we correct it. We make a change. We, we, we shift in our thinking. We shift in our actions. That's repentance. Repentance is not just at the altar when we're all weeping and crying because we've been out there doing all these wicked, evil things that all of us know that are wicked and evil. Repentance should be happening every time we come to church. It's transformation. It's what God's doing in our lives. Luke 18, 1 says this, And Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they should always to pray and not to turn coward, faint, and lose heart. Get in there with God and pray. I'm telling you, whatever season you're in, you need to be praying in every season. But especially in those seasons of testing, especially in those seasons when your character is being tweaked or even exposed. Jesus, help us all, right? We've been there. We're like, oh, my goodness, what was that? I am ashamed. Come on, we've all been there where stuff comes up to the surface. Hebrews 6.12 says this, do n We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. I don't have time to play that video clip I was going to play, but I do, I, I do want to bring you to this place today. Listen, God has things for you individually that are just amazing. They really are. And maybe they're not as amazing to somebody else as they are to you because everybody's different. You know what someone else calls amazing? I might not call amazing. But it doesn't matter as long as it's amazing to you and God. Again, it doesn't have to be grandiose. We're not all going to be, you know, worldwide traveling ministers or worldwide business entrepreneurs. But all of us have a place in life. 
All of us have something God's called us to do. This church has been positioned by God for such a time as this to bring change into this area, to harvest people. But you're going to go through seasons in this church, and there's going to be seasons of growth, and there's going to be seasons of pruning, and there's going to be seasons of growth, and there's going to be seasons of going deeper. But discern your season, know what it is, and know what you're supposed to be doing. Sometimes God will call you into a season of prayer. If he does that to you corporately, then you jump in with him. God may call you more to a season of the word. Say, listen, we're going to put this, then get in there and get in the word with your church. You know, whatever it may be, it may be a season of God saying, listen, we're going to do this. Man, jump in. Get in. God's doing a work in all of us.